0: You're listening to Splash with Chalene Bryan. Get ready to be splashed with love and laughter to rehydrate your soul. Well, welcome to Splash, everybody. I'm Chalene Bryan, and I'm here with my buddy, Barbara Hello. We just love this time. We get to just hang out and be with you guys and splash a little love and encouragement. And today's guest is going to do that. We just recently met Alani. We did. Yes. Yes. So Alani and I have like, I know, like love (laughs) her, um, have a mutual friend. And I didn't, I had never met her before and she'd never met me, but she she called me. And the moment I got on the phone with you, Alani, I knew, oh yeah, yeah, this is my girl. (laughs) Um, You just connect with people. You just know. Um, And so... She asked if I would speak at her book club um, called the Yacht Girls Book Club, which yeah, I already love the name, I love it. right? I love which it, we're yeah. going to get into that. Yeah, but welcome to the Splash Zone, Alania. Yeah. Alani, sorry, I almost called you like like Melania. A, like what, are like are flowers, you, what are you, the first lady? <laughs> <little> um, lion. <laughs> Alani Ford. I told you she's my new friend. Just leave me alone for a minute. Um, so Alani, thanks for coming. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean, this is a like great setup. Do you remember the first and... time you met me? In person? Yeah. You were full alive. <laughs> you were a handful. In the best possible way, right? Yes. No, just kidding.
1: Well, I just put words, words in my guest's mouth. That's what I do.
0: Um, no, so her book club, this one that I just did... Your most recent one yes. was at the Malibu Wines. Yes, yes. Which last was, month. And that it was, was you know how much I love you because I don't even drink. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and you still so, came to the winery. Absolutely. And this place was, wasn't it? Neat? I know. It was so weird because, I mean, we've lived here all our lives. <laughs> I never even knew it was there. It right. was the so beautiful among the vineyards and everything. Right. I sat up on this hill and people came in and picnic down below. And oh. you had your own little space up there. Yes. And it was awesome. It was beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I want to give a little background on you for those people that are listening real quick that you're a reality TV producer. And can I just tell you, (laughs) (laughs) Mom's Got Game on OWN. (laughs) I've seen it. Uh, Yeah. And I, wow. I mean, from going from working in real estate, right? We're in real estate in Beverly Hills.
1: I've worked everywhere. I'm (laughs) like a little Jamaican. I've had (laughs) over a hundred jobs, it seems like. Oh my gosh. Wow. But
0: yeah, then to get into reality show producing and then actually get a show sold is like a winning lottery Mm -hmm. ticket. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty amazing, and the show's good. It was hilarious, <laughs> it was funny. No, it was really so funny. funny. Yeah, thank you, ladies. So tell us a little bit about how all that trans- transitioned for you. Like here, you are working at Cold- Coldwell. Is that where you work? Yeah, Banker. Coldwell
1: Banker in Beverly Hills.
0: To to getting into television producing.
1: I worked at Coldwell Banker under one of the top real estate agents in the world. And uh, we had the cream of the crop uh, clients. I mean, like Michael Jackson, Ellen DeGeneres, uh, Donald Mm. Trump, Donald Sterling, all the Donalds, uh, you know, (laughs) were were, were under our umbrella. And I remember in 2009, uh, the year I was leaving, I think we sold $2 billion of property. And this is just in in our little group, like we're like a three man group. So we're not talking about the company, just like our little office. (sighs) And so we we were racking it in and, um, and I was there for five years, uh, under that job. I also, you know, did campaign strategy for president Obama and a lot of the, uh, politicians, you know, we did a lot of charity work and raising funds. I, I call it dialing, for dollars. Right. <laughs> And uh, when I left the job, I just put in a a regular notice and said, I want to follow my dreams, which was to be a filmmaker. I was already kind of helping other filmmakers out, like on the side. Like I'd go to work from like 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. and then at 9 p.m. go host a production meeting and try to learn how to do production. And um, so I quit the job, you know, with a savings, with a little tiny savings account. And, you know, you don't qualify for unemployment or disability or child support or anything. When
0: you're selling a billion dollars worth of real estate, you don't. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's going to be a little hard to get.
1: So I left the job and um, I basically bought a camera and I start filming the NBA players. At the time, they were in the middle of a lockout, uh, you know, like on strike, basically. So they had a little extra time on their hands. So I literally happened to meet Nick Young through facebook you know i just sent him a message and said hey i want to film you he says oh oh what do you want to film and i was like oh wow he actually responded (laughs) and uh and and it was just that easy i just start filming him then i ran into javel mcgee which was his teammate on the washington wizards at the time and I start filming both of them. And I called it the Nick and Javel show. And I was doing it all by myself and putting it on YouTube with wow. the zero budget. And it just happened to go viral one day. They did a cinnamon challenge, you know, just <laughs> goofing around. And wait, wait, wait. What's
0: a cinnamon, What's a cinnamon challenge? Cinnamon? Yeah, uh, what is that?
1: A cinnamon challenge is you take a, a spoonful of cinnamon and try to swallow it. Oh, yes. So when you actually do that, like, you kind of can't get it down. Like, you'll kind of barf up or choke <laughs> or... All of this thing. So it was like one of those, you know, young people things at the time where, right. you know, try to see if you can swallow cinnamon. So they did it. And um, Nick got it down, but JaVale, it, JaVale it was coming through his nose and stuff. It was like hilarious. <laughs> so anyhow, Good Morning America and like ESPN uh, like DM'd me in, on YouTube and said, hey, can we... Feature your show. I'm like, can you? What do you mean? How quick? <laughs> what, what do I send you? And then, <laughs> and done. So exactly. So yeah. the next day, it was like featured on like Good Morning America and everything. And it, it was just a little YouTube show of me having fun. So after then, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a producer. I know wow. what I'm doing. <laughs> so I kept filming Uh, In uh, the following year, he ended up signing a big contract with the Denver Nuggets. Nuggets. Yes. yes. Was that
0: like 40? 40, yeah, was 44 it? million. 44 million. Wow. Yes.
1: And, and no one thought wow. it was possible, but it was possible. So I was there grabbing all of that footage like we were in vegas it was like i'm i got him signing the contract i got his mom you know yelling at the agent to to uh, get the contract done well and, his mom know. was a baller oh yeah she oh, was a yeah. hall of fame basketball player pala she has 10 rings she says if i won i can wear a ring on every <laughs> finger so she, she's a handful herself <laughs> how you, you like know? Me now. exactly yeah. <laughs> don't mess with B- bosses that's right so uh you know basketball you know wow. runs through his family so i was able to capture that. And I sent it to a couple of people, uh, Sony being one, and they loved it, called me in and said, you know, we want to sign you and and go sell this thing. So we went and sold it. I partnered with Sony. uh, They were my distributor, and we sold it to OWN. And that was just a dream come true. Yes. So that was a dream come true because it was like, you know, just on YouTube, kind of playing around, not making a dollar on it, you know, living off of my little bitty savings account. And then, you know, I really went and sold a real show. So Now I'm an official producer, and I've (laughs) I've been producing ever since after that. And now I also manage NBA players, Uh, Mm. you know, because you you don't produce television every
0: day. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Someone's got to keep the lights on. Exactly. So tell me some of the players you represent.
1: Uh, I've been working with Kyle Kuzma. He's with the Lakers. I've been working with uh, Jordan Clarkson. He's with the Cavs. And, you know, of course, JaVale McGee. You know, I do his day-to-day, and a lot of guys call me for a lot of a la carte services since I've, you know, was in real estate for five years. I still do, like, uh, I rent out their properties for them, you know, on their, oh. on their when they go away, wow. you know, for the season. I just try to make, make them some money, and then since I'm in the movie industry, I'm able to, you know, get get sets uh, or, or get movies to, you know, come in and, you know, I do location scouting for movies or, you know, right. get get the properties rented out, so... I'm just a hustler. I'm going to get it, you know. Yeah, uh, go, girl. In, 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 no, you're anywhere. hungry. No, girlfriend's exactly. exactly. hungry. And I'm right. going to eat.
0: That's right. <laughs> and I'm going to join you. No, you <laughs> know, that's what's so crazy, though. Earlier on, you there was an interview that you did with some girlfriends of yours on YouTube. And you talked about that you called yourself a quitter. And I'm like, what? In her head oh, no, no tell me about that where did that come from because anyone who just listened to this first five minutes is like can i get on her train because it's moving <laughs> yeah what what how did that get in your mind that word whoever told you that mm-hmm. or when did you believe that
1: you know i have this overachiever want to be straight a's want life to be perfect syndrome in my body So if something, whenever I get a curveball, sometimes I'm good at quitting, Uh, you know, so maybe I could have gone further in school and got a few more degrees or, uh, you know, just like when, when things get hard, I feel like I quit. So, uh, but, but I, I recently kind of really start going through with things. I I think the anxiety of uh, like, once you realize like, Nothing is perfect, you know it br- it brings an anxiety on, so that has got me to walk away from some things that i w- I was passionate about. like I started off you know at, at eighteen modeling and acting, right acting is so freaking hard i had no idea like you come you move to la and you're sleeping on couches and you might not get a call back for six years and things like that like (laughs) how do you make it so i was i I, my dream since i was a little girl was to be an actor and and i didn't make it as an actress and then i was very tall and thin you know 50 pounds ago i you know i used to model and um and even modeling was hard because they always wanted me to change my look your eyebrows need to be thinner now Mm -hmm. thicker Mm -hmm. the style changes every day with, with models you know and then now with the new photoshopping and instagram and stuff it's just it's made it really hard so i quit modeling i quit acting so there were a lot of like things oh you know i'm sorry let me go back i i also quit track and field i was a track and field kind of like star like mm-hmm. i went to the junior olympics twice and In my senior year in high school, I had a lot of scholarship opportunities and we lost the championship by one point. I I think I was on suicide watch, like jokingly, you know, (laughs) like I I never cried so hard, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I said, I'll never touch a track again. And that was like the beginning of of my quit syndrome, that it was like, that was something I love. That was something I breathe, you know, sweat, blood, tears. I woke up every day. I gave up all my weekends to run track all of my childhood and then, you know, to not win the championship. I mean, we got the runner up. It was a five foot trophy, but I wanted that darn ring and I didn't get the ring. So I quit that. And then I got into modeling and acting. Just take
0: one of JaVel's mom's ranks. She's not going to miss yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Know I mean? like, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll call her about that. Right. Here, here's the thing that's crazy for me. I don't look at those things. I'm just going to be honest here in, in the splash zone. I don't look at those things that you quit. Mm. You didn't quit the season. You got second, girlfriend. Okay. So you finished. <laughs> And it, yeah. there was pain there. Yes, but I looked at that as almost like a shift. Right. See, it, it, quitting means you're in the season and you're like, oh, I'm so nervous. We're not gonna do. I'm not. I'm not playing. Or the coach isn't giving me the accolades. Or I've had bad. You know, yes. I, I, I'm ticked off with my players around me. Whatever it is, and you quit. Right. That's quitting. To Mm -hmm. me, you finished and then you pivoted. You shifted into something else. It wasn't that you didn't try acting, but girlfriend, you can't pay rent if you haven't got a call back in six years. So you (laughs) know what I mean? So that's wisdom. She committed committed to what she did and she finished. I don't know who told you that word quit. quit. You're not a quitter. You are not a quitter. We're going to just bury that today.
1: There it is. I'm I'm not a quitter. No, you may
0: never say that again. Okay. You have finished everything you wanted to pursue and check into, but then when you realize that those doors we're opening, I hope that you jump yes, into something else yes. because sometimes we're doing things we're not supposed to be doing anyway. Right. Right. Absolutely. You can succeed at things that don't matter. Yes. Right. So it's like, it's interesting to me that the Bible says, God goes, my yoke is are easy. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Yes. He goes, follow me. So when you started getting yourself into doing things, like when you shifted out of Coldwell Banker, that wasn't right. quitting. Yeah. My you season was pursue, up there, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Your season was Mm -hmm. up. There's a season for all of us. And just like seasons, winter, spring, summer, and fall, there's a season. Did summer just quit on us? (laughs) I mean, that's what you're saying. Did fall quit?
1: Yes. Did the winter
0: They quit. They're just quitters. No, you're not. I don't ever want to hear you say that. You are so not a quitter. I I'm I'm, what I'm learning to do is embrace change. You know, every yes. time I change my car,
1: I start bawling, crying. It's like, oh my God, I'm trying a new car. when, well, I, we'll when give I me to, your old one. Yeah. Well, we'll skip it and, and donate it to charity. Here you go. <laughs> when I moved to a different city, which was down the street, I, I cried for that. So wow. I think I get nervous about change. But if we don't change, if we don't grow, oh my gosh, who wants to stay stagnant their right. whole life? So Where
0: do you think that came from?
1: Like the idea of that, uh, that change oh, just, is scary. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I guess the uh, the anxiety of thinking, like, what if the change doesn't work out? You know, then maybe I shouldn't have made this move.
0: Mm-hmm. But, but like, say, from your childhood, was there anything in your childhood that maybe led you to have that fear or that quitting label?
1: Uh, well, seeing my, you know, we grew up in a struggle and seeing my parents, you know, sh- uh, you know, just struggling all the time. I I think I wanted to remain, like sometimes we just wanted to remain at that house and maybe we were getting evicted and had to go to another house. So it's like, I don't want to change and look for another house or Mm -hmm. I don't want you to, you know, so it's just like, just wanting to sustain the stuff that we had, I think made me never want to try something new. I've Mm. always been scared of trying
0: things, trying new things out. (laughs) Sure. Sure. Okay. And yet everything since I've met you, started book clubs it was like a small group of girls on a yacht that's why it's called the yacht girls book club to now there were hundreds yes. of women Thank at the you. malibu yes. wines yeah. thing yep. so yes. i mean and then quitting the job leaving the yeah. job actually your choice to then go pursue something you were passionate about yes. and getting on the own network yeah. i mean <laughs> girlfriend it, it's
1: own it. Mm. Yeah,
0: it's amazing. You
1: know, I'm literally crazy now because I, I will go try anything. Like people come to me for advice. My theory now is like, go get it. Just go do it. You know, we're only here for a certain amount of time. And while I'm here, I want to wear myself out. I want to get it all out of my system. I want to, you know, the, tackle my, uh, what is it called? The, uh, that, that cool list, the, um the bucket the list. Your bucket list. 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 Yeah. yeah. So now, now I do just do it. I go for it. Yeah. So I, I'm not living in fear or anxiety anymore.
0: You know, speaking of your growing up and your parents, I I didn't actually didn't even hear about your dad, but your mom. You shared a very powerful story, and it's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on because I just thought that it would be so encouraging to some of our listeners. Um, You were young, and Mm. you had to cowgirl up at a young age. Talk to us about that. What was going on with your mom and in your home, and you were a teenager.
1: My mother uh, had lupus uh, her whole life. I was barely born. I was born premature at at six months, uh, three pounds, and no one thought I was gonna make it. I was an incubator for a couple months, and look at me now. I'm six foot tall and <laughs> I know you're a runway voluptuous, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I'm f- fully fully grown. But um, <laughs> but you know, uh, my childhood was different. Uh, with with my mom, I had to. You know, when someone is, is sickly ill and, and then they don't tell you are sickly ill, you just think that it gets a part of life. You. She never told she me. She never told you. She wow. just, she's just, oh, it's a sunburn. You know, she she knew how to play it off because her mother actually died of lupus and my dad's mother actually died of lupus. So it's like okay, very so- hereditary. And then if you say the word lupus, it's like I'm going to freak out my whole life so uh so he's protecting you then absolutely Mm -hmm. and and i appreciate it now like when i seen the death certificate i was so angry like what do you mean you you know you didn't tell me but now it's like you know what I don't have any kids, but I wonder when I do have kids, what are the sacrifices you'll make? And the sacrifice might be lying to your kid just to protect them from their own self or to mm-hmm. protect them from worry. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, I took care of my mom uh, my whole childhood. Um, I learned how to drive at a very uh, young age. I, I was always taller than like a foot taller than everybody. <laughs> right. So like at tw- I wouldn't
0: pull you over. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> so at 12, I would I would drive and go get her medicine. Um, I would go cash her checks, and I knew how to send the rent in at like 10, 11 years old. Okay, where I, was your dad? My dad, they were separated. They separated when, when I was, like, that- four years old. Okay. So my dad, they, like, they they had split custody, so I'd go back and forth, mm-hmm. which is horrible. Like, I, if you get married and you have kids, please stay together. It's really hard to, you know, yeah. flip coins and figure mm-hmm. out which parent you want to go with for the week, you know? Yeah. So, um, which is another reason why I'm, you know, I don't have any kids and, you know, I'm doing the single life right now because I don't want to just put any burden on kids. But anyhow, that's a whole other subject. But anyways... Um, you know, I remember going in the store at like six years old, and I could see over the basket, and but I could hardly read. Um, and, and I'd go pick out the dinner. And I remember someone co- going back telling my dad, like, "What a horrible, you know, mom she is. She sends her daughter in the, in the in the store alone, you know, and she's a little kid." And so one time, I had to come back and explain to my dad that it's just like I'm just helping her out, you know. And actually, my mom explained to my dad. She says, "Look, I'm 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 very sick. I'm very ill." You know, if she can help, like she's saving the family. So it wasn't yeah. that I'm a bad parent or I'm too lazy to get in. Like uh, lupus is an autoimmune disease, mm-hmm. so you maybe can't see it on the outside, but they feel horrible on the inside. There's there were days where my mom couldn't move a, a limb or couldn't stand, or wow. it's, it's just it just eats eats you alive. So. I, I had to do things that adults do at, you know, as, as a child and never mm-hmm. complain. And it just seemed like a, you know, my everyday life. Mm-hmm. And anyhow, my mother, um, she got to see me graduate from high school, which mm-hmm. they said was like, that's what she was holding on for. And she ended up passing away that November um, as when I graduated, like right after summer. Wow. And that, that killed me inside because I didn't know that she had lupus and, you know, you know, you just get a call. And, and she, when I got the call, she was on a respirator and, you know, go to the hospital and, you know, you got the family. Since I was still 18 at the time, nobody was letting me make the decision. My decision was, like, leave her on the respirator for, hey, the next 10 years, right. just just keep her here. Mm-hmm. But my uncles and everyone made the decision to take her off. But, you know, that... Um,
0: oh, wow. Did you have any siblings?
1: I have an older brother.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was he there? He was, was super
1: mature at the time. And, yeah, and he, he was there. He was a mama's boy. My mom was very psycho crazy over him. You know, he right. was the first... Um, But he was there, and he he was content. He was, like, studying the ministries at the time and, Mm -hmm. you know, going to school to be a pastor and things like that. So his faith was really strong and, like, helped him get through. But me, I didn't understand at all, you know, why God needed to take her away from me and, like, why my childhood was so hard. I just wanted it to be easier. Like, you know, most kids learn how to do their hair. They can't wait to go to prom. And my childhood was, uh, you know, begging God for another day of my mom to be on this planet or begging for a Mm. healing over whatever was happening in her body. You know, Mm. like we were constantly in and out of hospitals, but I didn't know why she had scleroderma as well. So I thought scleroderma was a skin disorder. What is it? Um, It is another autoimmune immune immune disease. So it's like a cousin of lupus. So she had like a double whammy. It's like having two diseases at the same time. It's not like it is. is. So she was going to die from every angle. Like doctors still say they can't believe that she even lived to 46 years old. Like that was a miracle. Um, in in itself. And she had it since she was 21. So like 25 years. So imagine like the day you turn an adult, now you're struggling for the rest of your life. And then she looked different, like in the Bible, like that disease called leprosy. Leprosy, Mm -hmm. She looked like that. She had dots all over her skin and her skin was really tight and people looked at her everywhere we went. So I had this defense as a kid, like, no, there's nothing wrong with my mom. Stop looking at my mom. I remember going to the nail shop with her one time and they made her put a, a mask over her face. They said, we don't want you to get anyone sick. And she'd start bawling, crying. And I was like, mom, don't worry about it. Like, I was always like her her mentor or like her mm-hmm. counselor. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was so evil of the nail shop saying that. But they didn't know what, what it, was it was and things mm-hmm. like that. But it was like, it, it was, it's not contagious at all. But it's like, imagine your whole life, walking through your life and people wondering what's wrong with you. People always asking what's wrong with you. And, then, and that really tortured me as a kid. Like, unfortunately, like, it breaks my heart that as a kid, I never really wanted my mom to come to the school because she looked different and I didn't want to answer all of the questions that kids Mm. asked me, you know, and I played sports and I tell my mom, stay home. Like, don't, don't come to the game. You know, Mm. it was just hard. It was like, kids are just so hard, you know, um, on each other. So I'm a big advocate of like not bullying. Like, although I was like the tallest person at the school, I was like bullied or people just kind of always just came for me. and, And I'm really like a sweetheart, you know? So I believe in just loving on each other. Like this show is great. We all need to splash love, you know, and Mm -hmm. just, just, just Mm
0: -hmm. life is good. It's (laughs) amazing. My favorite grandma, she had this very rare disease where, um, after she gave birth to her third son, I think she was about 23, 24. She got these tumors that covered her whole body. Like Mm -hmm. the elephant man, there were these bumps and so she wouldn't come to my dance recitals and she wouldn't come to my volleyball or soccer games because she was afraid of embarrassing me. Yeah. And I loved her so much. I'm like, grandma, you got to come. And she's like, oh, Chalene, you know what? I'm not going to be able to make it that day. Yeah. And mm-hmm. as I got older, I realized why she wasn't coming. Yes. But I'll never forget. I mean, it's so true that love is blind. Yes. Because I remember being in the car driving with her to one of my dance recitals. Yes. I begged her to go. Oh. And so she got in the car with us and two of my little dancer girlfriends hop in <laughs> and my sister was with us yes and they look at my sister shanda and they kind of nudge her because she's five years younger and they go what is that and they're pointing oh, at my gosh. my grandma yes and uh, they're pointing at her arm oh. and my sister looks over and she goes it's her watch <laughs> <laughs> i mean isn't That's it a so great true so it was, yeah. she looked over she's like It's her watch, silly. You know what I mean? But it's so true how you know our words and the way we look at people and we are all made in the image of God. And I remember the day that my grandma died, I thought she just threw all those bumps to hell. Yeah. Like she has a new body and she's a new creation. And this temporary Mm -hmm. time here, you know, is so just a vapor. We're here for a moment and then and then we're gone. But I have to ask you, because when things like that happen in your life and you didn't know any different, you're just being part of the family i'm gonna love my mom i'm gonna help her she's gonna go to the market she's gonna drive and pick up her medication (laughs) whatever it takes but you were asking god and then she dies what did that do to your faith
1: i was a super church goer i used to go to church alone like literally uh like as a kid like i just i just wanted to go to church i I think it was like an activity for me but at 18 when she passed i think i took a break from church for a couple years and i was like god i'm done with you because I prayed, prayed, prayed so much. And I was like, gosh, you couldn't come through on that prayer. And I used to make, I used to negotiate with God or Mm -hmm. like make these bets. Like, Mm -hmm. I promise I will not curse. Like I, you know, (laughs) uh, for two weeks, if you can just heal my mom this time, you know, because we were constantly in and out of the hospital. So it was just like, it was all always these negotiations with God. And that one negotiation, he didn't come through. So I didn't understand why she needed to go. I did understand why she couldn't live a regular life or healthy. And I didn't understand why I needed to go through, um, you know, what I was going through. imagine at 18, that's when I need you the most. That's when I'm going into adulthood. You know, I want to learn about, you know, the birds and the bees and guys right. and, you know, what, which bra do I wear? What does lingerie look like? Like right. I just, a woman, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a woman now. A woman needs her mom so much. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. I I, Hear that, I still, yeah, I still yeah. have a long laundry list of questions today. Yeah. So it's like, gosh, now when I need you, now you go, you know, and I just, that was really, really hard. And then I had to go live with my dad at 18. So Mm. then it was this, uh, that was, it was weird. Like my dad helped raise me, but he didn't know what it was like as an adult. It was like, oh, you've got boobs now and this and that, (laughs) right. You like boys. And it was like, you know, so the, like my freedom, like it was just, it was just hard. And I just felt it was unnecessary. So Mm. I, I took a break from God, but I did come back a few years later and and find myself, you know,
0: Mm. what brought you back?
1: I think, you know, knowing that I, I I still needed God in my life, and He was He's He wasn't a bad person, and me accepting death and realizing that like that's a part of life, like it's guaranteed, like
0: ten out of ten people die. Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: exactly. Yeah. So, um, and then the word actually helped me, um, find my my grievance and and understanding and and forgiveness,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, of of everything, and it really just it soothed me. So now I really don't miss a Sunday, love to volunteer. I just, I, I love church and I just, I, I just love everything about spirituality. And mm-hmm.
0: I, I love that mm. verse in the Bible that says, in this world, there will be trouble, but be of good cheer. I've overcome yes, the yes, world. Yes. And so I think sometimes we think when we put on Jesus, that he's a genie. And we yeah. can just rub it and have three wishes and can you just fix this yes. and bring me a man, heal my mom, <laughs> yes, yes. and I want to make a lot of money. Okay, right. so how about that? Three wishes, let's go. Right. Um, and God's like, I know the plans I have for your life, yes. Alani. Yes. They're plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Yes. They're plans to give you a hope and a future. And see these experiences that you went through, I believe you are splashing that all over this book club, Mm -hmm. all over the shows that God's putting on your heart. And when we seek him first in his kingdom, not our own kingdom, but his kingdom, all these things will be added to us as well. Because the reality is, is we're all just exiting here. Right. Right. We're all just exiting. Yeah. I mean, you rolled up in a nice black Uber today. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it's like, who knows who homie macaroni was driving you? Yeah, right. I mean, you put your trust in that. And right. God goes, I need you to put your trust in me. That's all that right. That I know the plans I have for your life. Mm, mm, mm. They're going to give you a hope and a future. So yes. I do you have any questions for Like, I'm just blown away by you because <laughs> I know. tell me... Tell me where you want to take this book club now. I know I'm the book this month, right? Yes, you Love, are. Love skip jump. Can you believe Let's that? Let's go. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I just Yes, thank and you we're
1: by get, the way. We're, and thank we're getting you. the calls. The girls are loving it.
0: Okay, I oh, can't wait such
1: a sudden a sudden out of nowhere surprise. <laughs> oh, that's Yeah, they're great. like, "Who's
0: that white girl?" <laughs> oh! I'm like, "I'll go by Shaniqua if you want me to." Like, I just want to hang out with you yeah, all. Right? It's so much fun. <laughs> oh my god. But You're I can't wait us. to hear their feedback. I yes. can't wait to hear their questions. I can't Wait to just—I love how you make a book club really a book club. Like you guys went through that book. What was the book they were doing? Wind down. What was uh, it um, no, what was it? Called? We're gonna need more wine, by Oh, Gabrielle we're gonna need Gingham. more wine. That's why she had that wine down. So, yeah. Love skip jump. I think we should go to a cliff and we'll all just jump <laughs> off. No, just kidding. Go for it. Or maybe it. skydiving. We'll do the book Ooh. club in the sky. Uh, Alani, okay. I dream you're, big like you yeah, too. You are full ideas. My
1: heart's I'm going down really fast right She's now. Like,
0: <laughs> Why are there only two girls here at book club? <laughs> <laughs> there, there what were, are you scared for? There were 200 yeah. last time. No. Uh, everyone will come for drinking the wine. Oh, and jumping out of the plane, not so much. <laughs> not so much. <laughs> um, but it's so true. I think a lot of the things that that paralyze us is we need to start getting comfortable with God making us uncomfortable. Yes, yes. Because when we're uncomfortable, or you have a sick mom, or you haven't mm-hmm. found that man that you wanted, yeah. or your child, you just had to bury your child, or you yeah. just lost your job, or you just found yeah. out your spouse is having an affair on you, yes. or you just were cheated out of something that was yours. God's like, I'm in the victory business. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, trust me. Put your trust and hope in Jesus Christ because everything else is sinking sand. And until we really commit to that, we're just going to hit one sinking sand pot after another. And it's, it's so devastating. And it's when we find that solid rock and that's the rock we stand on, then everything can come out of that. uh, You're just such an inspiration. Oh, my gosh. We had the best time. Barbara and I couldn't Mm -hmm. wait to have you on the show. Ah! (laughs) We both said it. We are like two thumbs up. (laughs) I hope she can come. Yeah, it didn't. It came very quickly. (laughs) It did. It did. did. Yeah, weeks. (laughs) But we connected with you, and I see why those women show up at the Mm -hmm. book club because you love them well. And when you splash love and encouragement, um, it it splashes over to everyone around you. Mm -hmm. It is. Mm -hmm. It's contagious. So tell me about your next project or your next book club and what what's happening next for you uh so are you book going club? on a yacht yet? yeah I know. <laughs> yeah barbara wants to come on that yeah. one
1: that, that's what i'm planning i said this summer we're getting on the yacht you know again so I, hopefully this next um book club brunch is, is on the yacht so we'll be know, there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so i just need to you know get the logistics down packed, but everything is moving the book club is is moving and grooving and um and you know we're reading your book Lo- love skip jump and <laughs> You know, it, it, it's just uh, you know I'm just continuing to bring women together. I mean, the word is spreading like uh, you know wildfli- wildfires, and and I and I'm just excited. The reason why I started this book club was really to just. Bring women together, you and, know. and and
0: bringing them together doesn't. It's not just for Christian women. This is like I all love cultures, yeah. all faiths, all everything. Bringing women yes, together, women, in, and in, that was.
1: I call it grown women. You grown know, because you know, you, yeah, give me the twenty-one and up women, but it's uh, you know everyone's. Seems like a lot of people have really good careers, you know, that that are in the club. So it's almost like the successful club, but we're not turning people away. And we Young kind, and old. Yeah, I saw them exactly. Yeah, yeah, And we kind of started kind of black, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I just happen to have a lot of black women in my mm-hmm. phone book, but now it's spreading. We're all cultures and races, and you know, uh, are, are coming. So you know, I'm I'm happy, and you know, one of the cool things uh, at the last uh, book club meeting was one of my girlfriends. She's about thirty. Or maybe like 35, but her mother came with her. So, and maybe her mother's about 60. So it's like a mother and daughter are coming, and then mm. her daughter, and then my girlfriend's daughter could have came. So three generations basically could have came uh, mm. to to the last book club meeting. So it's it's basically kind of just open to everybody.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, we are just so, just want to thank you for sharing your splash with us, but also just inspiring us to remember that if we wake up and there's still air in our lungs, we're not done yet. Yes. So I want to encourage, thank all the listeners for listening, but I just want to remind you to splash it forward this week. Let's all splash it forward onto someone else. Thank you, Alani. (laughs) Thank you, Oh, thank you for
1: having me, ladies. (laughs) This was great. great.
0: Take care. Thanks for joining us today. Come splash with us at shaleenbryan.com.